Hello everyone, it's Thursday, June 2nd. This time for episode 156 of the Sports Wagon Podcast. It's your man Uncle Dub. How you doing? Hope you're having a having a good week thus far. <laughs> Mine's a little crazy, but we're gonna take a little moment, run through the sports world, see how you're doing. Hit me up on Instagram and Twitter. It's Uncle Dub, I-T-S-U-N-C-L-E underscore D-U-B. Let's start in the NBA. The NBA finals begin tonight in Golden State. So it's the Celtics and the Warriors. Uh, game begins tip 9 p.m. on ABC. I'm sure there's going to be a lot of pregame festivities and talk and, you know, all that stuff that comes along with the glitz and glamour of the finals. So my prediction when, you know, the conference finals were set up, I believe my prediction was Boston and Dallas. So I got it half right, which you know, usually I'm half right. I mean, every now and then. Um, I get it 100%. You know what they say. I, I say this all the time about myself. A broken clock is right twice a day. So um, this is now I did talk through some of the potential matchups. And I did say that this is the matchup I really wanted to see. I'm really fascinated by this matchup. I like both of these teams. Um, really have enjoyed watching Boston play this season. Of course, Golden State is they're always fun to watch. Um, this one, this series uh, Golden State are the favorites. I'm going to take the Warriors in six. Um, there, I was listening to a, a space this morning where we're talking, you know, about the NBA Finals. They're talking about the NFL. And somebody said, yeah, you know, they were talking about the money line, all that stuff, which I still haven't had time to really sit and figure all that out because I don't really bet like talking about it. I live in Maryland and, you know, it's they don't do – I know Virginia and D.C., you can bet on the apps. Maryland, there's still a communist state. They're not going to let me do it. But anyway, um, but they were talking about the money line, and someone was saying they think that Golden State is going to win in double digits. I don't know about that. Um, now, if they did, we would definitely have to reset this conversation. But um, I'm going to go ahead and stick with Golden State in six. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how both teams come out. Both, you know, Boston kind of had to play that that additional game to kind of win the series golden state had a little time to relax kind of get some practice in kind of feel comfortable about you know getting started hosting the finals so it's going to be interesting to see how they come out um if golden state comes out hot well both teams come out hot i think we're in for a treat i think this is going this has the potential to be a very good final series but i'm going to take the warriors in six games um, one news item from the NBA, um, the Lakers hired Darvin Ham as their new head coach. So as you know, or may not know, uh, he comes from the Milwaukee Bucks where he was an assistant. Um, so he's got a championship, uh, from last year as an assistant. So he's a first time head coach and he has some coaching experience, uh, in the G league, um, and it seems as if he was in a pool of candidates for this job. You know, you had some candidates who have previous head coaching experience. And of course, he was with other candidates who were first time head coaching candidates. And it, it seems, you know, I really like when teams, you know, especially when they're looking for a new coach, they try to spread the love, you know, because I've always been somebody who cannot stand coaching retreads because we see in professional sports all the time the college ranks not so much 
But in the pro settings, especially in the NFL, let's not even get started on that cluster. But the retreads, I mean, there are coaches who, you know, they, they get let go from a job or what have you, whatever the situation may be, they walk away, what, what, whatever. But to kind of see, you know, Darvin Ham get an opportunity, again, couldn't happen to a better guy. Um, very well liked in the league. Great personality. Um, now, again, they say he's balanced in that you don't think of him as a super nice guy, but he's not like a pushover. So he definitely has the respect of the players that he's coached. And so I think, you know, that's going to be, I think, something that, as I think about him walking to this situation, with the Lakers, because there's some other pieces he has to consider, you know, it's, you know, like anything else, a first time coach, you have to walk in, you've got to, you know, lay down what you expect, earn that trust, you know, work to build a relationship in this case with the stars on the team, uh, Anthony Davis, LeBron James, Russell Westbrook. We'll talk about them guy, those guys again in a minute. And then, you know, work from there, you know, work together to build this thing. But it's not going to be all Darvin Ham, as we know, because, again, the front office has to do some pieces, too. So don't know the at least I didn't see the numbers, but he is going to get a four year deal. As we know, he succeeds Frank Vogel, who coached from 2019, 2022, got the NBA title Um, now as a player. Uh, Ham was an eight-year league veteran with six teams, and his last team, the Detroit uh, Pistons, he was on the 2004 championship team. So with the Lakers, let's look at kind of the big pieces here. So really, the big thing, and I think I mentioned this maybe a couple shows ago, is the roster. Um, So the questions that they have to answer, who stays, who goes? The Lakers have no draft picks. So right there, it's going, okay. So how so what are you doing? How do you work this? So they have a lot of free agent signings and there's a lot of the particulars with the numbers. And I'm really I'm really not a numbers guy. Like I can understand if you explain it to me and I was reading this article. I'm like, I don't feel like getting all the particulars of who, when, where, why percentages, you know, whatever. Go go figure it out. I mean, because there are people who uh, who I've listened to on podcasts and talked to about these things. They understand the money, the you know, because I think the, the NBA will be announcing their the cap, the salary cap at the end of the month. So June 30th is the date that they'll announce the cap, uh, what, what the cap uh, number will be. And then, of course, from there, you know, all the, you know, even then and before then, we're going to start to hear the rumors of the free agency moves and all that good stuff. So that's going to you know, drive a lot of this because they've got a lot of free agents. And again, kind of back to what I said, you know, who stays, who goes. But essentially, the big three here, we're going to be building around LeBron James, Anthony Davis and Russell Westbrook. But also the other pieces, I've, as I've said a few times, you know, can AD stay healthy? And you really want him to stay healthy. I mean, you know, he, he, he brings so much to the table that when he's hurt, you see how it affects the team's overall performance. Um, also, kind of going back to Darvin Ham here, you know, Darvin Ham has really got to get, kind of have to send, or not send a message, but kind of build his relationship with these three players, but uh, but building his relationship with Russell, Russell Westbrook particularly. Um, defense. We got to get him on the defensive side of the ball. Like, really more focused um 
So essentially, those are the three key players. And then the thing about it is, what does the front office do? What does Rob Polinka do? Who he puts around these guys is really going to determine how the Lakers look moving forward. And of course, you know, again, it's only so much that Darvin Ham can do. He's got to, you know, have a roster in front of him that he can say, okay, now I got the roster. Now here's how we're going to begin to build ourselves as a team, developing our, our identity and determining, you know, the roles and then how everyone's going to play to kind of get this franchise kind of back on track. Because as we remember, you know, this time last year, kind of post-finals, we we all saw it. We all witnessed it that, you know, the Lakers are building this. I think the term I used was the Avengers of basketball. And everyone's, you know, many people had them crowned champions already. Now, there, I, I was just like, okay, it's going to be interesting to watch what's going to happen. You know, there were, you know, a few players put on the team that were like, are you sure about this? But we just saw it kind of all kind of start off okay and then just kind of – and I say okay. It wasn't good at all. But as it went, it just kind of all crashed and burned to earth, and here we go. So congratulations to Darvin Ham, and it's going to be interesting to see again what moves will, will happen. I mean, NBA free agency is always interesting. Um, you know, outside of the, well, here's the player who signs the max deal. Okay, great. But then, of course, what moves get made in order to build teams or reestablish teams or, in some cases, you know, a team that maybe hasn't had a lot of success. Um, and then you think if they're building with the draft, then you bring in potentially some veterans. So uh, was it um, – Memphis. So I'll kind of throw this out real quick. Memphis. Memphis, we watched them this season and they look so good. They need a they need a veteran or two to come in and stabilize that team. If they get a couple good veterans in there, I mean this it's no telling how far this team could go. So again, it's all about for some teams, you know, big rebuilds, for some teams a minor tweak here and there, bringing in, you know, somebody who can you know, bring some stability, some leadership, um, whatever you need. Um, and, of course, the actual skill on the court, those things uh, are definitely going to be important for many of these teams moving forward. All right, uh, Stanley Cup. Let's go to the NHL. Stanley Cup, the East and West Finals are set. So going back to game one a couple nights ago, Colorado takes a 1-0 lead in their series. They beat uh, Edmonton 8-6. to Game two uh, tonight. Um, I didn't get the time on that. Anyway, game two tonight. Um, last night, game one, East uh, New York Rangers over the Tampa Bay Lightning 6-2. So New York leads one game to nothing. Artemi uh, Panarin, one goal, one assist. And Steven Stamkos had a golden assist for Tampa Bay. Game two, Friday night, MSG, 8 p.m. on ESPN. Um, let's review the weekend. So there's a couple things that happened over the weekend. So we'll kind of take it piece by piece here. Auto racing, uh, let's go to the world of NASCAR. Danny Hamlin wins the Coca-Cola 600 in Charlotte. He held off teammate Kyle Busch. This race, five hours long. 
<laughs> I watched, I think, some of the first stage and a little bit of the second stage. And I said, I'll come back to it later. Never happened. I come back and go, are you serious? It was a five-hour race. Yeah, I would have made it. <laughs> I'm just going to be honest with you now. Um, now, they went to overtime. So it was a 619-mile race. Now, check this out. This race had 18 caution flags. If I remember Mike Joy, who called the race for Fox, he basically said there were four cautions all of last year. They had four cautions, I think, within the first stage. So I'm thinking, okay, four cautions in the first stage, no big deal. No, they ended up with eight cautions. 16 drivers did not finish. Uh, one of those cautions caused a 12-car. One of those cautions was due to a 12-car wreck. And... The last caution was with two laps to go, which prompted overtime racing. So congratulations to Danny Hamlin. I believe this is the second win of the season. Next week, or this coming week, this coming Sunday, they will be at the Worldwide Technology Raceway for the Illinois 300. That's roughly about 240 laps. Uh, the Indianapolis 500 was won by Marcus Erickson. So Erickson wins due to a late error by Scott Dixon. So Scott Dixon was the fastest car um, throughout the race, so he led 95 laps. Then he failed to slow down on pit row. He took a penalty for speeding and went to the back of the field. And also, what helped Marcus Erickson to win was a red flag with four laps remaining. So for Erickson, this is his third IndyCar victory in 52 starts. And here's another interesting little piece here. All three of his wins came under a red flag. Hmm. Coincidence? No, I'm just kidding. It's just, it's actually, that's a weird coincidence. I mean, I'm not, no, no conspiracy here. He, he, he ran a good race. Um, he is the second Swede to win the Indianapolis 500. The first was Kenny Brack in 99. And this is the fifth win in the Indianapolis 500 for Chip Ganassi Racing. Um, tennis, we've got a lot of updates in tennis. So for the ladies, Iga Swiatek extends her win streak to 34 matches. So that ties the record uh, with Serena Williams' streak. And she earns a trip to the French Open final, 6-2-6-1 over Dara Castatina. Coco Golf. so this just hit the wire. Coco Golf is into the French final, 6-3-6-1 over Martina Trevisan. They will play on or Saturday. So I believe that final is Saturday. I got to get the time on that. So we'll uh, update that potentially tomorrow. Um, the men's side, uh, the last stuff I have, I know there were some upsets. We'll have to update and reset for the men for tomorrow. I believe the men is starting. I mean, the men, I believe, are starting the semifinals today. We'll get you updated on that tomorrow. Um, let's move over briefly to the to the W the NFL. Let's move briefly to the NFL, then we'll talk in, uh, WNBA. Um, couple things. Aaron Donald says he is quote at peace with his career if no deal is re reached with the Rams. And interesting. So Aaron Donald has for the longest time been saying that after eight seasons he was going to retire. And note that he said winning a Super Bowl had nothing to do with his decision. And that's an interesting number eight. Round number, you know, some people will say 10, you know, eight's an interesting number. But um, here's the thing. Uh, he's he's very uh, look that that defense, uh, 
that defense will, I won't say they'll be fine without him, but I, I don't want to say that because, I mean, we all know how much of a force Aaron Donald is. But again, it's good to see someone in his position saying to themselves or saying out loud, look, I'm good. Because so many times athletes, you know, if you get somebody who uh, plays a sport and that sport becomes who they are, um, so many times we see um, people talk about, you know, certain athletes talk about, look, this is what I'm falling back on. If they have a college degree or they have some business or whatever their situation is, they've got something to fall back on. Aaron Donald sounds like he is ready to get on with his life. Just the the, the, the added benefit is he says eight years he's done. And the added benefit is when those eight years he's managed to you know, scale the mountain and win a Super Bowl. So good for him. I hope <laughs> that him and the Rams can uh, can can come to some sort of uh, agreement. Uh, but we'll keep an eye on that situation. Um, real 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 quick, um, Deshaun Watson. So uh, his name came up. The twenty third lawsuit was filed against him for inappropriate sexual conduct. Um, also. Um, and their, I guess their, their preseason, the optional mini camp, um, people were saying that there were reports are saying that he wasn't looking very sharp. Now, again, you kind of have to think about the idea that he hasn't played in a while. So that could play a role in it as of right now, but let's, you know, we're going to keep our eye on this, but at the same time too, um, we, we talked a number of episodes ago about how the NFL still could suspend him. So I don't know where the NFL is on this. Again, he's not going to be charged criminally, but 23 lawsuits uh, that, go, that are going to civil trial. I mean, again, you got to shake your head because that does not look very good. That is a very, very bad look for Deshaun Watson. All right, when we return, we'll talk a little WNBA, we'll break into college sports, and then we'll uh, end, we'll talk a little golf, a uh, big weekend for both the ladies and the men. Stay tuned.
right, everybody, welcome back. So let's talk WNBA here from last night. Uh, the Dream over the Lynx, 84-76. Ryan Howard, 22 points for The Dream. Kayla McBride led the Lynx with 20 points. So looking at the stats, Minnesota, 26 turnovers, and they shot 33% from the three-point line, roughly to about 43 or so percent for The Dream. So currently looking at the standings, and, and The Dream are actually in really good shape. They're currently... Uh, in fourth place at six and three so they are actually tied with the sun so uh more than likely it's a kind of more of a tie break they're taking the four positions on taking the three position um the Lynx they are currently last in the in the league at two and eight so again a kind of another surprising team right now um and, and then we talked about that the Lynx made some transactions some some player transactions that were a little questionable early in the season so and then of course like most teams they were missing some personnel early and again right now 10 games in it's not looking great there's time to turn it around um i was reading an article about the mercury who are currently two and seven and the mercury kind of are three games behind the Sparks for the last playoff spot. You know, if this thing were to end tomorrow, the Sparks would be the eighth team in this. But um, a lot going on with Phoenix. And again, a lot of it boils down to defense. They are, they are shoot. They can shoot. They can create offense. There's no problems there. Defensively is where I think they are lacking. So again, you know, not so much without saying, you know, Brittany Griner, again, we say, you know, we are really, really hoping that something will come of this soon that Brittany Griner will be freed from detention in Russia. But in the article, they talked about the fact that, number one, if Brittany Griner were playing, they were trying to understand how the chemistry, how the work would go between Tina Charles and Brittany Griner. Tina Charles hasn't quite given the defensive punch that. A lot of people expected in, uh, in the inside. And also, Diana Tarazi is shooting at her worst three-point level uh, in her esteemed career. So right now, you know, the, Phoenix has a lot of the pieces, but the pieces just aren't working right now. But again, much like Fe uh, Minnesota, Phoenix, um, I think there's time to turn around. Like I said, it's a 36-game season. Right now, we, we are close to a third of the way. So as I kind of talked through a few a few shows ago once we get a third of the way through the season we potentially can can extrapolate out how this is going to look but with the aces leading the the league at nine and one so they've won you know they they've won a nice chunk of games here um you know three more games they are uh let's see, two, i'm sorry two more games uh, two, two yeah no two, ten <laughs> can't do math right now <laughs> two more games and they are a third of the way through the season. So I think a third of the way through the season, again, I think is a pretty good sample size to kind of give us a feel for where these teams could end up. But as we also know, I mean, just kind of looking at it, you know, kind of just giving it the eyeball test. But as we know, some, you know many things can change. So we're, we're seeing, you know, Indiana is turning the corner a little bit, although they're sitting at three and nine. But again, there's a lot of basketball to be played as at three and nine. They are a third of the way through a uh, third of the way through the season. So, again, so, again, they've you know got a little bit of work to do. But again, it is possible for them to get it done. 
but um, but anything can happen. Injury, uh, you know, player movement. Uh, you know, we we're seeing you know the sun. We talked about in the last show how the sun, uh, Alyssa Thomas, going to be out. So again, how is that going to affect them making a run towards the championship? Currently, they're sitting in third position. Third position, as we mentioned. Tonight, WNBA one game. Connecticut visits Las Vegas. That is a Facebook game at 10 p.m. Let's move over to the world of college sports. So a couple news and notes and some results here. First of all, Wake Forest, they hire Megan Gebbia as their new head coach. Coach Gebbia spent nine years at American University. She led the team to three NCAA appearances, and she's the two-time Patriot League Coach of the Year. She'll be introduced at a press conference tomorrow. So, again, the questions I still have in my mind. Why did John Curry wait this late in the year to make a decision as to let Jen Hoover go? I mean, it's neither here nor there, but... My point is this. So you hire a new coach, and it is now the beginning of June. At this point in time, basketball teams, men's and women's, are currently in summer workouts. So you're already behind the eight ball for summer workouts. You're behind the eight ball for recruiting. July 1st is the last possible date that players can transfer out. And as we know at this point in the season, most teams, due to transfer, due to players returning due to recruiting most schools have their uh their their rosters filled out most probably a few spots here and there so there's a lot of players in the portal not a whole lot of spots now with that said what type of chemistry need will be and we have to think about the type of chemistry that needs to be developed early so as we talked about earlier with Darvin Ham in in Los Angeles you know, Coach Gabby has to walk in, establish a rapport with the players, have to develop chemistry, have to say, here's my system, here, here are the ground rules, and go through that whole rigmarole. So to do that, then the players have to make a decision in their mind. Okay, am I sticking around, or do I have an opportunity to go somewhere else and play, play the rest of my college career or play another year or what have you? So with that said... Now it makes me wonder, does this put this team in a bad position? They're already behind the eight ball on a number of things. But then to have to potentially have a player who feels, quote, stuck in a situation that was, you know, that seemed pretty steady until it happened. Um, and, and I haven't seen a lot of movement from Wake Forest. I think I read that one player who was transferring in once the change was made just basically did a U-turn and transferred somewhere else. So again, technically Wake has only lost one player as of right now. But essentially, um, I think this firing, the timing of it, I really think puts the team in really a bad position. I'm hoping that, number one, that the chemistry will work, that there won't be... Uh, any situation where, you know, the team is put in, uh, you know, kind of bad blood, if you will. Um, players will stick around. I'm just going to play whatever. Or there is another window where potentially transfers can happen, I think, uh, once the season starts. So, I, I don't know. Th th this whole thing, I think you bring in a brand new coach into a situation that could have been solved months ago. 
and you then bring in a new coach and put that coach in a much better position to succeed. Plus, let's put on top of all that the fact that here's a coach who's coming in from a uh, a mid-major, going to enter into a Power 5 job. So she's been coaching for a while. So again, there's no issue about the coaching. It's just trying to adjust for the fact that you're in a Power 5 conference. There's a lot of competition. you got to go out and recruit. And of course, like I said, they're behind the ball, behind the eight ball on recruiting. So they've got to do all these things in order to try to right the ship, if you will. So the question I have in my mind, and I'll be kind of looking out for this, you know, as, you know, the season kind of comes up in, in a few months from now, the question I have in my mind is, you know, who's coming back? Uh, what type of experience do they have coming back? Who are the recruits coming in again, if any? And then, of course, you know, how will the relationship be between the new coach and the players, considering that they were not given the opportunity to potentially transfer uh, when their coach got fired. Um, so it's going to make some for some interesting uh, times in uh, in Winston-Salem, because also, how will this play towards the team's success? The issue here is um, they're trying to turn the corner. So, you know, kind of to the 80s point, you know, kind of paraphrasing here is, you know, they want to take the program in another direction. But you make this change so late that you're kind of putting the new coach in a position to where they're going to have to work a little bit harder to try to turn the corner. And, you know, we'll, we'll see how it goes. But um, I, I'm just very interested to see uh, what's going to happen with this Wake Forest program, considering uh, all the things that happen. But again, I'm still baffled and my mind is boggled by how you just go through this whole period of time. Season ends. Oh, everything's great. Oh, let's go to the the, uh, the conference meetings. Oh, the conference meetings are over. Okay, you're fired. It's like, who does that? <laughs> again, it's so uh, ridiculous to me. And, you know, I kind of, I'm going to see if I can find some analysis on this. Somebody has to have some inside information as to the not just the why we understand the why but the timing is just absolutely terrible and from an administrative standpoint you want to put you when you hire a coach you want to hire a coach that you kind of the timing's good put him in a good position so by putting coach Gebbia in not the best position my, I worry that Wake Forest may lose a year in trying to essentially kind of get back into the conversation uh, in the ACC. From college lacrosse, Maryland wins their fourth national title uh, over the weekend. They beat number seven seeded Cornell nine to seven. Maryland finishes the season eighteen and zero. They have the thirteenth team to complete a perfect season, the first team to finish eighteen or zero uh, or better, and the third undefeated team in a sixteen-team tournament. Oddly enough, this was a rematch of the seventy-one title game, which was won by Cornell. Uh, and the 71 lacrosse championship was the first uh, sanctioned or first in NCAA history. Both teams honored former Cornell head coach and Maryland graduate Richie Moran, who passed away a month ago. Anthony DeMeo led Maryland with four goals and an assist. C.J. Kirst had two goals for Cornell. So Maryland was fairly in control in this game. They led 72 at the half. Cornell won the fourth quarter 4-0, but uh, Maryland prevailed at nine to seven. 
Let's move over to the world of golf. So for the women, the LPGA, their second major of the year, the U.S. Open starts today at Pine Needles Country Club or Golf Club, rather, in Southern Pines, North Carolina. So some names to think about. Um, First of all, Michelle Wee West. So she has announced that she will step back from LPGA play after this U.S. Open. She is scheduled to play in the 23 Open that will be at Pebble Beach. Nellie Corda, this is her first tournament back since she had blood clot surgery. The legend, Annika Stormstem, 51 years young. She played at this course three times and won the 96 Open, played at this course. And to get into this tournament, she had to win the U.S. Women's Senior Open last week, and she won it by eight shots. So she is looking to add more to her legend uh, in this tournament. And Lexi Thompson. So Lexi Thompson, she had a five-stroke lead in this tournament last year and blew it. So she is trying to kind of redeem herself. And she's talked a lot about kind of working kind of on the mental aspect of her game and, and that sort of thing. So, again, it's going to be interesting to see of those names who could potentially emerge. But at the same time, too, there are so many good names out here in this field. Currently leading the field is Ingrid Lingblad of Sweden at six under. But uh, this this is only about how I would only say maybe about a half the field or less has actually teed off. The rest of the field is teeing off about now. And I think TV coverage just switched over to USA Network on the PGA Tour. It's the annual Memorial Tournament presented by Workday. Currently leading uh, a five-way tie at five under between Cameron Young, Luke List, Cameron Smith, K.H. Lee, and Corey Connors. So, again, the Memorial is always a big tournament uh, on the PGA side of things. Uh, Yes, baseball. So, we want to talk NCAA baseball briefly. So, for the NCAA baseball tournament, are your top four seeds, Tennessee, Stanford, uh, let's see, that would be Oregon State and Virginia Tech are your top four seeds. So the higher seeds will all, so seeds 1 through 16 will all host regionals. So all the regionals have been set. All the regional play starts on uh, Friday, tomorrow. All the regional play starts tomorrow. So it's round-robin play. It's round-robin double elimination play. The Super Regionals will then take place the following weekend. That'll be best of three action. The winners of the Super Regionals will go to Omaha to take on to play in the College World Series. That's double elimination, uh, double elimination bracket play. Then the championship series is best of three. Uh, to end today, we have softball results. So from NCAA Women's Softball. So currently... Uh, 72. So this game just ended. Texas beat UCLA 72 in the first double elimination game. Uh, Northwestern and Oklahoma is in a delay. They will first pitch is at 316. So all these games are on ESPN. Night uh, later on tonight, 7 p.m. Oregon State and versus number 14 Florida, and the nightcap at 9:30 Arizona versus number seven Oklahoma State. So we'll kind of keep our eye on, on all that. We'll update all the scores. I think tomorrow <laughs> that's a question mark. I actually said that with a question mark. So we'll see how it goes, but we'll get you caught up on all that and get you ready for the weekend and talk uh, NBA finals uh, action from tonight. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I appreciate you listening. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. 
Um, so hit me up on Instagram and Twitter. It's Uncle Dub, I-T-S-U-N-C-L-E underscore D-U-B. And until I talk to you very soon, remember to mask up, social distance, protect yourself, and always remember to drink your water and mind the business that pays you. Peace. Thank you for listening to the latest episode of the Sports Wagon Podcast. If you enjoyed the episode, please subscribe, rate, review, and tell a friend about the show. You can also send me a voicemail or send me a message on Twitter or Instagram at It's Uncle Dub. That's I-T-S-U-N-C-L-E underscore D-U-B. Also, please consider supporting the podcast at buymeacoffee.com backslash sports wagon pod. I really appreciate your support. Thank you.